0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm Matt, I'm your host. With me this week is Joe, my fantastic co-host. We're going to kind of do a little bit of a difference here in that we got a, we got a reasonable amount of questions this week, so we're probably going to try and jump right into them. Right now, what's going on in World of Warcraft, really briefly, and other other games, um, the, the Shadowlands Alpha is still out. It's it's People are playing through that. There's some f- funky stuff going on with leveling because it's an alpha. So don't get too upset if you hear about people leveling from one to 50 in like four hours, because that's definitely not necessarily stuff you're going to see when the game goes live. And I don't think that that's stuff most people are going to be able to do even when it goes live, even if they left everything as it is now, which they are not, don't, don't get comfortable with anything in the alpha right now. It's still the fact that it's still an alpha means stuff is going to change, but that that happened to people wanted to hear about it. So yeah, I thought we should mention that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else really big to mention. I don't really think, I mean, the, the Wings of Wisdom buff got, got extended, so if you were like worried, oh man, I was going to miss it. Nope, it's still going. It's going until Shadowlands pre-patch, that which was, we don't know when that is.
1: Yeah, but that was such a good move on their part.
0: Yeah, and they put in a reputation buff, but the reputation is only for Legion and Battle for Azeroth reputations. Yes. Uh, which people didn't expect. They thought it was for all reputations in the game. So I feel like that needs to be mentioned. Uh, if you were go, if you heard about ooh, reputation buff, and you were super excited, the reputation buff seems designed at making it easier for you to get one of the allied races. That seems to be what it's aimed at. So if you are, tr- if you in the middle of grinding to get like exo- get high enough rep to get yourself a Volpera, they've made that possible. But they have not fixed ever. They didn't add this to every reputation in the game. Um, and I feel like that needs to be stated. Uh, anything else you think of, Joe?
1: Um, no, that's pretty much it. Oh, uh, they did have a little bit of a data mine, which people are very, very excited about. Uh, one of the Ardenwald races seems to be using, the Fawn race is using the Drenai skeleton and uh, Ooh, posing. Yeah, that was...
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah absolutely. You're right. I'm super excited about that personally because Allied race when? i'm already thinking about it i want to be i want to be a fawn girl i'm not gonna lie
0: okay that's um, one other thing that i thought of while we were talking Uh and this one is mostly quite frankly i'm only bringing this up because of uh liz one of the the, the editors of our site uh liz harper uh she plays a, a monk a weaver she's been doing this weaver healing on, on a couple of our streams they did a nerf to mist weaver healing and then they didn't actually implement it, and they're looking at different ways to go about it. I am not an expert in Weaver Monks, but I thought I should at least mention that that nerf happened and then didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, that is that is something that happened this week. But yeah, I guess at this point we're going to move on to all those questions we got, because we did get, get quite a few, and I want to try to get through as many as possible. And if we get through all of them, we can always go to the comments here on, on Twitch as we're doing this, and we can talk about what you guys want to talk about. So yeah,
1: Joe, if you don't mind. I do not mind at all. This is uh, another one. This is from Shadana, uh, who helped us with our pre-show question today. Uh, Question for the podcast. When 9.0 drops and the leveling by expansion takes effect, if I start leveling in Pandaria, what will the Veil look like? Which version will I see? The original Mop one, the restored version uh, we had after Mop and before Nazoth invasions. Also, how much of an expansion will we do before we hit max level? okay
0: me. I can kind of tell you although I don't know that this is gonna be final but as of right now uh, taking a character that didn't do miss pandaria to Pandaria I saw the, the the original version. I don't know how that's gonna if that's gonna play out like I honestly don't know if that's how it's gonna go actually live but that's what I saw when I went there um, it was as far as I could tell it was the original version the statues weren't crumbled up. Um, there was no repairing on them. It was just the way it was when you first walked in back when Miss was new. How how long that's going to be the case, or if it was just a case of, Keep on, this was a level 50 pre-made that I had gotten out of. I'd race one of the tricks I found that I don't know if it's still working, but I had race changed to a different race than the one I started on, and when I did that, it put me in Orgrimmar. So okay. I was instead instead of being in Shadowlands content and unable to leave. I was in Orgrimmar. And so as a result of that, I couldn't get to Shadowlands content because there's no portal. Um, so I went and messed around and one of the places I did go was the Veil vale, and it, it looked as far as I could tell, it looked like it did. It does not live. I mean, the way it did when it first started as far as I could determine. But again, this is a pre-made, not a character leveling through Mist's content. The problem with that is that if you start as level one character on the alpha right now, it automatically puts you in Excel's reach and then automatically gives you, um, the, the quests to go to, um, battle for Azeroth content. So I don't know how it is to actually level from 10 to 50 in that way. I haven't tried it yet, but I could try it tonight. We'll see if it lets me, I think it'll still put me in Excel's reach immediately upon starting level one. I don't think it'll give me the option.
1: Um, mm-hmm. uh,
0: But supposedly you will be given the option on live. That's that's the answer as best I can give it to you right now.
1: Yeah. And I don't think they really have said too much about it recently, uh, which I find interesting. I think it might indicate that they don't know quite yet how much of an expansion you're really going to see. And likely because it's still on alpha right now, they're probably going to make that decision and then tweak the experience gains to sort of match that. Um, if they expect you to clear an entire expansion storyline uh, before you get into the new stuff, then they'll probably find a way to tweak it so that that's what you get. Uh, but they haven't said anything yet, and I think that well before the game is, is actually released, they will probably make that very clear to us what the expectation is. But right now, we just we just don't know yet. All right, I think that's all I have for that one. Uh Let's move on to the next one, which is from Tetsemi. Question for the Blizzard Watch podcast. Once you run out of current story content, what systems in-game keep you engaged in the game, or do you take a break from the game once you've finished the current story? What keeps you engaged? I mean, Transmon, guys. (laughs) I'm not going to pretend
0: it's dressing up my characters and our friends. I mean... The fact that this character has only had four outfits since I started the stream is nothing short of a work of Herculean you know, self-restraint on my part. Uh, I, I, I love Transmog so much. Um, and I, it, When Transmog came out, I, I was like the guy writing posts like, this is pointless. They should be working on X. And yeah, no. Uh, whoever ultimately came out with Transmog, you are a genius. Uh, I don't know if you still work at Blizzard, if you've moved on to some other game company. happens quite a lot. But whoever you are, wherever you are, work a genius this was an absolutely brilliant idea and it has it has enriched the game for me tremendously partially because it is such a just a me thing like i it's completely self-derived it, it is there's nothing forcing me to do it it doesn't make my character any better at playing the game and in fact it's something i do a lot on characters who will never really be developed like right now on the stream i'm playing like my level 80 mid 80s i thought you know uh, cult hearing warrior i just got done leveling my lake forge to 120 and he's he's wearing garbage he's got like you know 310 greens on him that i got at the auction house to replace the the heirlooms he had on he is not super geared and he has not progressed i have not bothered to do world quests on him i got him to 120 and i stopped because i wasn't you know he's he is a character i created so i'll have him for shadowlands you know what i mean yeah but but i still transmog them out real good before i left them i i do that with everything uh transmog and things related to transmog and alts that i will do transmog with are what i do when i'm not in peak storytelling you know when i'm not doing raids with my guild when i'm not doing story stuff it's transmog and transmog related activities for me absolutely Uh, i need to get one of my mail wearers up i have not been focusing on them this expansion and as a result, I don't have a shaman or hunter up at a high enough level to be my transmog for that for that class of armor. And that's something I need to get done. I don't care at all about cloth transmog, and I don't care at all about leather transmog. This is not to say that they don't have good looks, but there's no class that wears the that look that I enjoy playing enough to make it. And that's the thing for me. I don't know how it is for other people, but for me, transmog and the characters that get the transmog are intertwined.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm like on a, that train.
0: I can't, if I don't play a class that wears that look, I don't care enough about that look to get interested and vice versa. I love plate. I think plate is the best looking transmog gear in the game. Yeah. And I think male is number two. I agree. Both but plate and male have really good variety of looks and I've always liked them. I like one of the reasons I like male transmogs is that a lot of the early male stuff has a very distinctive look. Uh, and you can you can be playing a like a level 120 shaman right now, and you can go back to that early vanilla WoW male look, and it's a distinctive look that it may not be polygon wise it's not very good, but it's got a lot of distinctive elements to it I like, and that's the case too with plate. Uh, one of the transmogs I like the most is basically the the old dark iron plate set from going back to vanilla, and I like it. it it's simple. It's black and red. It, it doesn't have a ton of polygons. But it is a very distinctive look that I think speaks well to like the classes that get to wear it, and that's that'll keep me going till Shadowlands at this point. Like I, I'm, this is not to say that Battle for Azaroth hasn't had some really good story moments, but I am emotionally done with it.
1: Yeah, I and, think we've we hit uh, our apex, right? We're done. Yeah,
0: part of part of the reason I'm emotionally done for it, I, th- I honestly think that if I'd known that Nialatha was coming out, I would have been less emotionally burned out. But this expansion started at a time when the world was already kind of a massive trailer fire. And I didn't need my game to be a massive trailer fire too. If that makes sense. Um, It it was very much a life and the game are both very much that dog sitting in a cafe going, this is fine. What am I saying? This isn't fine. Everything's on fire. Yeah. It was like that. I I didn't need one of the reasons I'm very much looking forward to Shadowlands. is because I honestly feel like it will be a vacation from all this. And I've played enough of the Bastion Alpha to say it is still World of Warcraft. There's still skullduggery afoot and villains and all that, but it definitely feels like a vacation. It honestly feels like we're taking a summer vacation to the land of death, uh, which is not necessarily, it's like a goth holiday. You know, it's like, you know, we're going to the beach, but we're all going to wear black and, you know, sit under umbrellas <laughs> the whole time. It, it very much has that kind of feel to it. And I'm very excited for that. But that means that I am definitely emotionally ready for it to be there. And that's why in classic, in in current live Battle for Azeroth, what I am mostly doing right now is leveling alts and doing transmog on them. So that's it for me. That is my answer.
1: Yeah, I have, I'm very, very similar in that regard. Uh, uh, This is, this is one of those rare, rare episodes where Rossi and I are probably going to agree on almost everything. Transmog is such a huge deal for me because it's, it's little doll dress up from my characters, but it feels so important to me. Because I still write backstories for my characters and their appearance plays into that. And it's a big deal for me, especially when I'm starting to play characters that I haven't played before or haven't really played a lot of. Like, I'm really getting back into being a death knight, which is something I haven't really done since Wrath of the Lich King. Like, with any sort of, like, real sort of, like, yeah, I'm here for this. And I'm going through and I'm doing like the old Legion campaign stuff and I'm doing a bunch of the story stuff. But while I'm doing that, I'm going for the transmog because that set of armor is very, very important. Not only that, but it gives me an opportunity to farm plate, which I agree. I think plate is probably the best set of transmog in the entire of World of Warcraft, even going back to the beginning, because it's very, very distinctive. It's varied uh, quite a bit. There are themes that you can see, depending on classes and expansions, that fit incredibly well. There are ones that I'm still hunting down, uh, just because I think they look absolutely amazing, uh, like the White Tiger armor set that just looks like lacquered armor. It just, stuff like that absolutely makes me happy. And I think male is a close second for a lot of other reasons that that Rossi listed, but also because I think it has the most variance of any of the sets. Like, go back to, to Classic WoW, you can find mail that looks like a plate set. You can find mail that looks like a leather set. You can find mail that looks like it's, you know, half plate. There's, There's a these-
0: one mail set from Vanilla that I think they might have turned into pl- to, to plate armor since. I don't actually know. I have not looked into it. But it was the Green Iron set. No, it's still there. And I don't know if it counts. Okay, the Green Iron set, one of my absolute favorite sets because it looks like lamellar studded armor. It looks really unique and distinctive. And yet, it's also it's almost emblematic of the classic design sense.
1: Oh yeah, very much so.
0: And it's just one of my absolute favorites. And part of the thing about Transmog 2 that I I, I want to go into along the lines of what you was talking about is it serves really well as a character indicator as he pointed out. It also works really well for there's certain armor sets that really accentuate the class, the, the racer playing.
1: Yes, very much. Like there's so. A, there's a
0: preset and I think it's the tier five or tier six preset. The one with the, the weeping eye, the shoulder plates that are like blindfolded eyes, like the blindfolded preset faces. from tier six. Yeah. That looks like if you see that on a, on an undead, it, it just looks perfect.
1: It, it absolutely perfect. Combine that with the staff. I uh, was it Nibelung. Oh, yeah. perfect combination. And there's like sets like that for everybody. There's like certain sets that just scream Hunter.
0: Um, there's sets that, you know, you wear this on a certain, like on the Night Elf, and it just works perfectly. I found like doing my Night Elf Warrior that there were certain sets that I used to love on my other, on my human that don't work on her. And the stuff that does work on her, like when they introduced the thing where you could turn off certain slots, I at first didn't really have much use for it. But the Night Elf and the Draenei. Suddenly turning off a lot of the armor makes perfect sense. Yep. It makes sense for night elves to wear as little armor as possible because their fighting style is based around being extremely lithe and athletic.
1: My dwarf, when it was yeah. a wild hammer dwarf, same thing.
0: Yeah, because you want to show off, the, they want to show it off. They're showing off their build. Well,
1: not wild only that, Hammers but they're extremely proud. They're, they're not only just proud of showing off their build, but they're they're much more agile because they're mounted warriors. That's their whole thing. You look yeah. at a mounted warrior, they're not sitting there in full plate. Their armor is very specific to them. So being able to turn off stuff, huge deal for my dwarf. Dep-
0: depends on the kind of mounted warrior.
1: I mean, sure. you've got the, Still, yeah. there's the,
0: ma- the mounted archers and mounted light cavalry who absolutely are that. And then you have, you know, Western cavalry where it was very much me and my horse turn into a tank. I even put armor on the horse. That's how much armor I'm into.
1: Oh, Barney, you
0: know, and those, those guys, when they, when they got knocked off their horses, they were done Yep. because they were, they were wearing like a hundred pounds of metal and getting up wasn't easy. We forget how heavy some of that stuff was. I've worn like actual plate and it is just the chest plate was enormously heavy. It was like, it was like 30 pounds.
1: I have a full chain uh, full chain chest. Or, yeah, but chain you know. is... I'm not
0: talking chain. And, I'm talking and, Maximilian plate here.
1: Oh, I know, but I'm saying, and that's heavy.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's like, but, it's really... But that's the thing. is when you... Like, so you're playing a Tauren. I, and I, I still have my Torin Warrior. I haven't leveled him. I'm going to start trying to level him because I'm going to try and actually get a character through the Horde story. Um, Torin look amazing in very specific sets. Anything that emphasizes that size... You know, anything that, that really calls out this is how big that they really are. Uh, and, and and you know who looks really good in certain plate that I didn't expect to? The Xandalar.
1: Oh, yeah, no, the Xandalar look great in plate. Because they, they stand at full height at all times. They have that sort of regalness about them because of the way yeah. they stand, even when they're at rest. Yeah,
0: it's... they don't do that thing where the trolls bend over all the time. No, Xandalar stands straight up all the time. And it looks amazing in certain plate, plate sets. And, uh, Pandaren look really well in male. Like a lot more than I thought they were going to. Pandaren can just, especially female Pandaren, can absolutely rock male sets. But that's just, this is like, you're asking, what do I do? This is what we do. You know, it, it is something that's really accessible. I know some people do a lot of pet battling. I think my wife did back before Animal Crossing came out. Um, if WoW ever does a Pokemon Go type thing for WoW pet battles, I'm never going to have a life again. <laughs>
1: The, I was gonna say the other thing that keeps me going, and, and then I'll, we can move on if we want to. Uh, but it's for me specifically, certain achievements are a big deal. The collection achievements are a big deal for me, and I don't know why. But when I get to an end of an expansion, I immediately go into gather mode, and collecting pets or mounts or all the pieces of a gear now that there there's achievements tied to that. It's like a weird euphoric trigger in my brain when I hit that like that full rating with leashes or, you know, find all these hidden X,Y,Z things. It's a weird moment for me and I love it. Uh, so that also keeps me going. But uh, and then leveling alts. Uh, is another huge thing for me, not just for the sake of leveling them, but sometimes I like to, I don't want to say relive certain moments, but I like to refresh myself. There are moments that I go through and I'm like, I completely forgot about that. It's hard out there. Sometimes we have have a whole bunch of stuff running in our, our brains. You might notice that every now and then I make a mistake or whatever because there's too many things to remember, but I like going back through some of the older content and some of the older quests and and sort of giving myself a little bit of a refresher, uh, just from that standpoint, and because I I don't get burned out on old content, which is a weird thing to say. Once something becomes old, I can do it a lot, and not really it doesn't bother me. So those are my things. Anything else you want to add to why we uh, why we keep playing the game? Uh, I mean, in terms of why I keep playing the game, like, it's come for food for me. I. Oh yeah, very much so. There's something nice
0: about being able to go back to something that you know. I have, as I've said to multiple occasions, I've been playing World of Warcraft since it came out. Yep. Um, so to me, I I have had this game a part of my life longer than you know my cats. Uh, it, it's it's my wife and I's relationship is all tangled around World of Warcraft. We got I proposed to my wife during a Molnkor run. There there's a ton of World of Warcraft just in my life. It's it's it's. Not ever something I think I'm gonna hate. It's not not something I'm. I've not. If there's been times where I've absolutely disliked stuff they've done, I I was the guy who waged like a several-year campaign to try to get them to change Colossus Smash, because it was making the Fury rotation garbage. And I finally won that battle and felt like yay. Although I didn't really win the battle, they didn't do it because of me. But my point being. <laughs> That you know, there's always going to be stuff I don't like about the game, but that's because I there's nothing is perfect and there's always going to be something else you want, or change is inevitable and it's going to always happen. But World of Warcraft has been a pretty constant part of my life. I, I can't imagine there will ever come a time I completely get rid of it. For one thing, I don't actually have to pay for this game for the next like three years, something like that. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I've got it, my, my, my account's paid for, so yeah, I, I kind of. I feel like like there's always something out there I'm interested in doing. If like when they made it so I could go and run Legion content, I mean that's another big reason I've been pushing up a lot of characters is the kind of thought in the back of my head. Well, if I have seven plate wearers, mm-hmm. I can run them all yep. through the Legion stuff, <laughs> and you. Know, <laughs> yeah. there, there's that that in the back of my head. So yeah, th- there's there's a lot of stuff.
1: But we'll keep playing this game, and there's a lot of reasons to There it, like. Like Matt said, it's a comfort food thing. When I can't find something that I want to do or I can't make a decision, I find myself playing the game, and and it's not because I, I have no other options. It's it's a thing I love, and they've got plenty of things to do. But I think we will move on now. We have a question from LD Soth, Death Knight on Kargath. You know you love them. You know you hate them. They are the most famous of all WoW creatures. That's right, I'm talking Murlocs. Random thought presented to you, uh, curiosity of a friend saying it to me. Murloc playable allied race? Yes or no? How do you feel about that?
0: I want to see if I can still do my Murloc impression. Hold (laughs) on. (laughs) i can't really get the thing going today it's not really like burbling like it's supposed to but yeah i i honestly i don't the only reason i'm not saying yes immediately to the idea of murloc playable characters is because there there's like it's really hard to determine if Merlocks have enough going on to, to be playable i like for one yeah. thing they're they're little froggy fishy things and it's like it's literally like a fish body with like legs going down from it. And it's, I don't think it would look very good in most outfits. Um, quite frankly, most armor would look kind of crap on them. And, but that's not, doesn't mean I don't like them. I just feel like it would almost be better to have Jinyu or yep. the guys that we just got in Battle for Azeroth as playable.
1: Which are basically Jinyu.
0: Yeah. And they're, they're, they're a, a taller torso and armor would look better on them. But they're not Murlocs, obviously. And if you like Murlocs, they don't have that feel to them. And that's absolutely something I could see being a problem for you if you if you want to play a Murloc. I don't know. I honestly feel like maybe Murlocs need to get a model upgrade first.
1: Yeah, I think I think, well, they have had a few over the years, Um, some of the newer ones. They haven't updated the old classic ones in a long time. But there's some newer versions of Murlocs that, like the um, the anglerfish style ones, uh, that are oh, yeah, no, no, I,
0: not stuff like that. It just makes them even weirder and harder to imagine wearing armor. Like that's this is the biggest problem I have when people bring up Naga, and people bring up Naga all the time. People are always like, "Ooh, what about playable Naga?" It comes back to the same thing: what's gear going to look like on them? And you don't you, you think that? Oh, that's dumb. I want to play a Naga. I don't care. You'll care. It matters after like. Yeah, once you start playing them and your character gets a boot upgrade and it doesn't look like anything and you're like whatever. And
1: you can't see your pants or your your skirt or whatever. Yeah. Like
0: there, things will it'll start to bug you. I mean, look at what happens with moonkin players.
1: Yeah. You know, people well, who, people druids who play, in general.
0: Yeah, druids druids have a lot of issues with gear and gear sets because they don't see them on their character. And then they have to like blizzard has had to go over throughout the years and try to make the actual model interesting which is great and they totally should do that they i want i want people to have interesting models for their characters when they and their druids but it does mean that you know you get a gear upgrade and your moon can doesn't it doesn't do anything for him visually i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be a big you know a bear owl thing i'm not gonna you know so this new helmet doesn't doesn't do anything ah, that's so I, I do think that's going to be an issue with with allied race Murlocs. Does that mean I don't think we should have them? No, absolutely not. The horde should absolutely get them.
1: I mean, they already gave me a Murloc Shaman. That's a, an actual named NPC that exists. So I mean, and one they did Demon Hunters, to Fish Totems. They,
0: they're going to be the the third Demon Hunter race so, because they're canonically Demon
1: Hunters. You know what? So here's the thing: to counter to counter that, where or how does armor look on them? We actually already know, and that's because over the years Blizzard has done something on the pet battle scale that would actually work if they, you know, upped it up a little bit to a player scale. You have all of those BlizzCon exclusive Murloc pets that are, you know, not just Mercablo, but like you have the Crusader, you have uh, the Horde Warrior, you have ones that actually wear armor and wield weapons, and it actually looks pretty good. So... They could make that work if they honestly wanted to. They could make that actually legitimate a uh, Murloc playable race. Do I think I'm they gonna ever? Point out, no.
0: I'm going to point out that they don't. They take significant liberties and just put certain pieces on them. I'm just saying like they've they could. never. They've never focused very hard on what the chest plate looks like on a Murloc. Um, I, I'm not. Th- the thing is, I'm not like against it, but I do think that there's. There would need to be something where you make a Murloc model distinct enough where you could actually see the stuff on it. It doesn't necessarily have to look like it does on other people, but it would need to actually be able to see it. I think that's, that's just look at the ones that they've come in that are like really weird. Like the Volpera. Yep. Volpera still, you see everything on them. Um, and I, I think that's definitely something that you need to have happen. Not that, not that you shouldn't have them. Uh, and, I I don't know. I just said that they should be a horde race, but then I thought about it, and I'm like, maybe they shouldn't be. I don't know, because <laughs> the uh, I don't I don't want to start the old horde alliance thing, but horde horde are kind of weird sometimes about like races they bring in. I don't know. Then again, the alliance, you know, still letting gnomes be the, the victim of gnome kick jokes. So who knows. I definitely don't have – I'm not opposed to this. I actually – I kind of – part of me is smiling, imagining the various Murloc characters I would make. Like, what races – what what classes do the Murlocs get? Please, please tell me Murlocs get Paladins. Please, please. Or at least – you know, because they got the Crusader. So with, with the Crusader Murloc battle pet and the, death, the Demon Hunter battle pet, it really feels like you need – some kind of like paladins and demon hunters on murlocs, and that would just be super amazing. And man, would it drive pa- like pe- other people crazy? You know, there's people who've been wanting new demon hunters forever. Imagine that they're like, Well, I can't play a deep Pandarian demon hunter, but I- they can play a murloc one. And canonically, Illidan had a murloc friend. It's he even has world quests with the guy, yep, and we That's know true. that they exist, you know. So, I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like there's a little tongue in cheek here on both Joe and me, but at the same time, I don't I don't hate the idea. I, honestly, I'm kind of down with almost any allied race at this point. If you can make even a slight justification for it, I'm pretty much down for it. I am. It, it's they've they've increased the amount of playable races in WoW by a factor of like. Think about like how many there are now versus how many there were in, in vanilla.
1: Oh, we are spoiled for choice now.
0: And it does not bother me in the slightest. And I am okay with more of them. I I really don't have a problem.
1: And the more they add, and I've said this before, it makes the world feel bigger. And, and that's something that I think MMOs have always struggled with for as long as they've been a thing is they're supposed to be these big expansive worlds. And yes, they can keep adding lands, but if you see the same races all of the time, I'm not saying it breaks immersion, but it doesn't feel big. The more allied races you have in any area, it could be the same four areas, but the more races you see mixing together, the more it feels just more expansive. So, if there's, I'm I'm team. If you can figure out a way to make it work as an allied race, put it in the game. That's where I'm at with it. So, Murlocs, yeah, you, you know what? I don't hate it. I'm okay with it. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. All right. Our next question. Hello, just finished the quest for the Horde Council. Somehow I mi- uh, I have missed what happened to Sylvanas. Why was she not there? Can you please do a 10-second recap? Many thanks, Steven.
0: Okay. I, I put this in because I, want, I my immediate response to this was, what? Like, um, huh? But then I was like, well all right, maybe he skipped the, the actual videos. You know, yeah. th- this, was a, this was the case where they did a lot of cinematics. This was a heavily cinematic inspired. If you just said, I don't want to watch a cinematic and skipped out, you would have no idea what happened. One second, there's Sylvanas. The next second, she's gone and everyone's talking about her. So I don't think this is like, th- I think this is actually something worth talking about. You play Horde primarily. Do you want to go?
1: Sure. So the big 10 second thing is, and and the idea is like there are mods that do skip cutscenes, so it's entirely possible that a mod you know that's installed may have caused Steve to miss this. Uh, she goes bat blank crazy, uh, decides that the horde is a bargaining piece for whatever her end goal is, murders a whole bunch of people, goes haywire. We go to basically back Sarfang to oust her. She says that the horde is nothing. There's this big gaspy moment, and then she bamps off into Banshee Land to enact the next part of her plan, which ultimately results in Shadowlands coming to be as an expansion. Uh, and the horde council is being put together to make sure that there is not another war chief and is also a direct reaction to what happened with Sylvanas throughout the course of the Battle for Azeroth. Think I got all of that in there? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the one
0: thing to, to make clear, that the one thing you didn't mention, is that Sylvanas kills Sarfang in a Makora, but she basically cheats to do it.
1: Yes. she Not Sorry. only
0: does she cheat to do it, uh, but she does it and she screams. Before she does it, she screams that thing you mentioned about the Horde being nothing, which even the best part of this entire thing in the, in the cinematic is when one of the Forsaken is acting as her like herald. During this. There's a Forsaken we only ever call her like, you know, Forsaken Dorgard, girl. Door guard yeah, seven. Girl. She she's up there next to her. And as Sylvanas takes like an actual hit, like that's the other thing, is Sylvanas takes a hit from Sorfang. She's been toying with him up to that point, but Sorfang gets a hit in on her and she like, And loses leaves a scar. It.
1: Gives her a yeah. scar.
0: And she loses it and screams that you know the horde is nothing. And it's that moment where the Forsaken next to her turns and gives her a look like what? Like she finally realizes I went too far. I, I've actually said the thing qui- the quiet part came out loud. And so that's that's what happened Sylvanas eventually had to leave because she had like lost she'd lost the horde even though she was winning the fight. Yep. She was she was actually gonna beat Sorfang, but the price of winning against Sorfang was that she had been revealed that not to not care about the horde. So that was all very interesting. But yeah, if you managed to miss the cinematics you would have missed that that's that's all you only get to see that in the cinematic unfortunately and so that's what happened to her that's why she wasn't there
1: now i'm going to circle back with another question that we actually have from chat which goes back towards what we're talking about with allied races and i feel is very appropriate to to our recent conversation this is from altianus whisperwind uh at what point is it overwhelming to have all the races choice paralysis. Uh, do we think we can get to a point with our comment about, you know, all the races? Is there a point where it could potentially become too much for players? Um, for some players, it was too much in vanilla. For
0: some players, it'll never be enough. That's the thing about this. The good thing about allied races and racial choices is that they are choices and they you don't have to do them. It's different than there's very little game balance to a to a race choice at this point. Occasionally a race has just got something like, you know, every man for himself or or the the old version of the, the, the blood elf interrupt arcane it's Arcane Torrent? I don't remember arcane, what the name of it arcane is. Arcane Torrent, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there's various racials that are really good for certain things. Like they're good for PvP or they're good for DPS or whatever. Generally speaking though, you can pretty much play whatever race you want. And there's very little that makes one just an overwhelmingly good choice for everything. Um, even like the racial that, that Night Elves get, they get a flat 1% to dodge.
1: Or, or High Mountain yeah. with that 1% versatility.
0: Yeah. Um, even that isn't enough to really make you pick that race to, to, to do a role over other races. Not like it used to be. And I think to a certain degree... That's all to the good. I, uh, but I do understand what you're saying. I do get that for some people it is th- there is a baffling amount of choice. I think to a certain degree, while I have I have problems with how Blizzard has implemented it, I do think there's a reason that allied races shouldn't be, you just get them. Like I like that there's something you have to do to get them. I think that they went a little overboard with the Volpera and Mechanomes. Uh, there's a I balance frank- to be had there. Yeah, I think they—it's a little bit too much to get those, and I think they realize that because they put in that whole thing to buff the reputation gains for those factions, so you can get those faster if you want to. Because if you have to work for like two months to get a race, you're like, you know, that race better be amazing. Like, you know what I mean? It feels like I put in all this work just so I could be a fox. I better be a cute. You know, this better be the cutest little fox person ever, because man, I worked like a dog to get this. Um. So, yeah, I do, I do think there is a certain amount of... Like, there can be, like, oh, God. But to a certain degree, like, because faction there's a faction divide and you only get certain racial choices depending on faction, there's a, it's a much bigger selection than you think it is. Some people do not do cross-faction play at all. And for them, certain models are only now... Like, if you want to play, like, a, a tall elf and you're a horde your only option was blood elves and blood elves are not tall. Like until they put the nightborn in, that was it. And now they have the nightborn in and you can actually play. You're basically playing a night elf. I'm just going to tell you that if you're playing nightborn, you are playing a night elf and you're, you've, you've got a a horde night elf. That's what you've got. All your, all your, all your stuff's the same. Like all your, your, your animations are the same. All your combat moves. Well, your combat moves are controlled by class. Now Um, that's actually something I don't know if people know, Back in Legion, I think, it might have been in, war- in, in Warlords, but I think it was in Legion during the class revamps. Your attack animations are based on your class now. Yeah. If you're playing a warrior, you do the same moves if you're a Night Elf or a Forsaken or what have you. That didn't used to be the case.
1: No, it used to be very race-specific. Like, your yeah. races had very specific animations.
0: Yeah, uh, if you were a Forsaken, you did very specific combat moves. You can. St- I don't know if you can see this or not in WoW Classic because I haven't gone and looked. I haven't checked but I'm pretty sure while WoW classic it's still the animations are based by race
1: yeah I, I think, think so. You,
0: but so you can go see it and you can see the difference that's one of the things that goes into class stuff nowadays that, 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 that doesn't go into class stuff nowadays it's you don't do your attack moves based on your race but there are still certain animations that are very racial specific um, the fact that nightborn have the night elf dance for example that's that's pretty standard. So I feel like there's le- plenty of room left before it gets too overwhelming, at least from my perspective. But I can't speak for you. If you're overwhelmed, that's, you know, that's the one thing I never want to be dismissive. If someone says this so much and I'm overwhelmed by it, they're not telling me that because they're lying.
1: No, it's 100% valid.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to sound like I'm dismissing you. I think that for most players, we're not there yet. But that doesn't mean that you feeling overwhelmed is wrong or not true if you feel like oh god what do i do that's 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 how you feel and it's it's one of the reasons i think customization coming into the game for the the races we have is a very good thing because it lets it, it lets people who feel that pressure still have a customized option to their character like one of the reasons i like cult herans, and you see me playing a cult here, here on the stream if you're watching it is because they look different than normal humans and I can feel different standing around normal humans. And that's one of the things I like about Zandalar, that they're a troll, but they're a different troll. Yeah. And so bringing in more customization to races we already have means you don't need to introduce, like, you know, okay, now we've got this, this version of human. We don't necessarily need 10 different kinds of human if we can make humans look different. If you can get Wildhammer tattoos on any dwarf, you don't need a new kind of dwarf anymore. You don't need to just introduce wild hammer dwarves. If you can do all the stuff that would say I'm a wild hammer on any dwarf, you can just do it yourself and you don't need a new starting zone and you don't need like an allied race option. I think that's a good compromise. Now I'm going to shut up to joke and talk.
1: (laughs) Um, I, I think like Matt's already said everything that I would already say, like absolutely. That's valid. It's a valid concern. It's something that I know people do struggle with. But the problem is we can't dictate what that point is as being too much because it's also incredibly personal. Your limitation is going to be different than my limitation as far as that goes. Are there points where I can feel completely overwhelmed? Absolutely. I have a drawer that has about 300 different colors of paint in it, and sometimes I just can't decide what to do, and I go to the same six. Uh, That's just me, but like I... That's my tipping point. Your tipping point is going to be completely different. One thing I think that Blizzard has done that's very, very smart, at least in this regard, is the Allied race are on a different page. You like even if you've unlocked them, even if you've done it incidentally, even if you've just happened to have the rep and and you did the quest because you you wanted to see the story or whatever the case is, you don't have to see that 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 race right you don't have to see it when you log in and go create a new character it's on another page you have to go seek it out so i think i think there's ways to find a balance there where maybe you can give players options to sort of ignore it or not see it so they don't feel overwhelmed and if they want to go find it they can go seek it so there, there's options there uh but it is an absolutely valid point which is one of the reasons i really wanted to, to bring up this question uh because it's something that I think they are going to be considering. And you're probably going to hear them talking about closer to Shadowlands release. Because even myself, I'm guilty of doing this. I saw that fawn, uh, that fawn race and I'm like, I want to play that fawn race. They're going to have people just like me clamoring at them. We want these races. We want these races. The- we want these races. Uh, so... And I'm actually being told that I'm wrong in chat, which that is not great news to hear. Apparently in alpha, they're all on the same page. That's not great. Well,
0: yeah, on the alpha, they, the thing is that they do have them on the alpha. But if you don't have one, it doesn't show up. Like, so, yeah. But the thing is, they've really redone the alpha page. And it's it's actually very different. Um, I, I I like it right now. Um, but I do get what you're saying. There, there's no, there's no click-through of any kind anymore. Like you know how in, like the way it works now is when you click to a new thing, it changes everything, and you have a new thing on the side. Sure. You have sliders now, and it doesn't take you away from that page. You don't feel like you're going anywhere. So it's huh. all kind of constrained. So I actually do like the way they're doing it in the alpha. It's very streamlined. But I, I do, yeah, absolutely. The allied races are right there. They're they're on the side.
1: Well, maybe they should reconsider that. <laughs> But regardless, I'm sure that it'll probably go through many iterations, and if that's something people bring up to them, they'll probably find a consideration for it. So, let them know. Give feedback. That's the best thing you can do. Constructive feedback. All right, uh, our next question. Hello, there is an NPC named Taku Strider in The Great Seal who has a click dialogue. The dialogue says... The elements of Xandalar have endured much. We must stop the dark shaman who abuse their power for selfish ends. Is she referencing to specific dark shaman we encounter in this expansion? Thanks for making my vir- virtual and real world better. Uh, this is from Vader. Matt got his shoulders Lyle packed with the sleeping dragon wormrest Accord. I did get my shoulders. Thank you. You did. But I don't have an answer to this question. So if you've got one, Joe, go for it. Uh, blood Trolls that's uh, 100% a reference to the blood trolls. If you watch the whole Nazmir intro and the, the lead up to that, when you're talking with the general, they're talking about how their shamans become, became twisted and started worshiping the blood and, and doing all that stuff and talking about the relationship with the Loa. Uh, If you go through the whole high reek uh, quest line, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there about that as well. Um, So that I, I, I don't, it's not a confirmation. It is my gut feeling that that is the reference to Dark Shaman, is what's happening with the blood trolls in Nazmir, especially just because when you do find them, there's blood totems. If you go to the villages, totems everywhere. Uh, those orbs are being resurrected. Those blood orbs are being resurrected over totems, uh, mind control over totems, like very very clearly those are dark shaman and they're doing the same thing that the dark shaman were doing in siege of orgrimmar which is bending twisting not bargaining not living in in you know harmony or symbiosis so that's that's my gut feeling on that
0: it's really one of the things that i find that that battle for azeroth didn't do as good a job as it could have because they separated out the leveling experience by faction. And each faction got its own continent of three zones to level through. I don't have a problem with that. I think they did a great job with those zones. But as a result, it was really hard to know what the heck was going on in the other faction's storyline. Um, yeah, and, yeah, you know what? It really was. And that's the, this is one of those cases. I The only Horde level I did was in, in, in Voldoon. So I don't know anything about Nazmir. I did Nazmir on the beta. And you know that was a long time ago. Now <laughs> I don't remember the beta storyline for Nazmir because it's been two years, almost. Yeah, yeah, two years. It was like it was like summer of, of eighteen, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't remember it. So yeah, I, this question I thought Joe will probably know because Joe's done a lot of Horde. I haven't done a ton of Horde, um, but yeah, it's definitely a situation where I I remember I, I there's Horde players I remember having discussions with them about the story and it's you can actually have cross-faction conversations and be constructive guys it's possible it is um and one discussion we were having was from their perspective the storyline in storm song for the horde was just the story of surviving like practically a massacre like the alliance comes down on them like a like a ton of bricks and they have to like come up with a way to save it and i'm like yeah but you don't so you don't know about the whole thing where you guys parachuted into Brenedam and started impaling farmers on Fitchforks. Yeah,
1: because it's it's one of those things you don't see.
0: Yeah, and it's very, each faction only gets that, and it, it's not that this is a bad storytelling device. It actually works really well for under, explaining why members of the Horde and members of the Alliance don't see things the same, because they literally don't. You don't get the same story stuff. But as a result, like for instance, I had no idea what the heck I was doing in Nazmir when I showed up to do Aldair, or when you get the, you get the little bit to establish a foothold in the in the, the horde zones, and you go to to Nazmir and do a few things, and it's like, it's basically a retread of that story with uh, in Stranglethorn, where like an alliance guy goes cuckoo for troll magic. Yep. Um, and you know, if I were trolls right about now, I'd be like, could you stop using our magic? Cause you're real terrible at it. Um. But it was just, again, it's, I you get to see like 20 minutes of a storyline that if you're playing a horde, if you play the horde through Nazmir, that's like what? It's like a 40, 50 hour experience. Oh, easily. All told. You know, it's like, th- these are dense quest filled stories. And the Alliance version is huh, trolls going to do troll magic, I guess, whatever. Uh, trolls and blood magic. Who kn- I don't know why that's happening. Like, thank you. Thank you very much, Bran. You're very useful so yeah i will say that knowing the story from the other perspective is real hard sometimes in battle for azeroth that's why i'm really glad shadowlands isn't doing it that we're just going to get one one storyline through for both factions that's it's a relief at least we'll all know what we the same stuff
1: yeah no i agree 100 percent uh Jay, i'm gonna find something you disagree with for the end of the show good good luck we're, we're on the same page tonight man uh, all right, our next one. Hello to all on the Blizzard Watch podcast. Longtime loyal listener here. I was wondering what your predictions for the release date for the Wild WoW Shadowlands expansion is going to be. Should we be worried that Blizzard is going to do what they did with Warcraft 3 Reforged? Thanks for all the great conversations over the years about my favorite games. Much love from Tula. Avoid Elf. Hunter on Bronzebeard. I'm not sure what you
0: mean by what they did with Warcraft 3 Reforged because there's several things people complain about with that game. Um... I don't think they're going to do the thing with Reforged where it comes out and people don't like it because, I mean, I'm so far looking at the alpha, it, it's extremely polished. Uh, I, I've had no moments. I've had less bugs and crashes on this alpha than I have in the live game leveling up. Yeah, Let me put it to you that way. I've heard um, that from a lot of people. You know, I, I was just doing some quests in uh, Drustvar the other day, and it's like one of those quests with free eight free eight trapped miners and I freed six trapped miners in a row and I didn't get any credit for any of them. I was like, game, I'm freeing these miners. You know, so yeah, uh Shadowlands <laughs> as a play experience has been pretty pretty smooth and, and flawless so far. Are they going to delay the game? I believe they are.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm with Matt on this one. I think it is going to be delayed, but it's not going to be for the same reasons that that Warcraft 3 Reforged was. Warcraft 3 Reforged was a game that changed direction a few times from the time it was announced to the time it actually got pushed out the door. And that happens sometimes. You have to keep in mind that it's taken a game that was designed literal decades ago at this point to bring it up to an audience that is expected to have Starcraft 2-level quality RTSs with improved visuals, they're 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 experiencing Warcraft cinematics from Taren Taryn Gregory and his team, which is those are mind blowing, and they're expecting to see those same type of cinematics in the RTS to replace those classic things. It was a no, it was a Kobayashi Maru, it was a, a no win scenario for them. And they, I think
0: the two, they they really didn't expect the difficulties they had with multiplayer integration.
1: Agreed, because you got battle yeah. Battle.net has changed so much over the years that the multiplayer integration from way back then with the ladders and everything else doesn't fit the framework anymore. So that was its own separate thing. That was a development that was just plagued with so many things that couldn't really, you know, they couldn't really do anything about. And then they also brought in, I think they brought in somebody from the outside an outside developer to help with it at one point too, which anytime you do that, there's always a risk of a difference in sort of, uh, design theory and opinion, and and you know you don't have as tight of a control as you would like. Sometimes they're not going to have that with Shadowlands. Shadowlands. No. Shadowlands is a flagship product. It's got a team that's very dedicated to the craft. Uh, look at look at like Steve Denauer with the story. Look at Taran Gregory with you know. Yeah, and his, something and, and I wanted to say.
0: Yeah, something I wanted to say about this for a long time. This is the team that put out the past several expansions. Say what you want about any of those expansions. You cannot say they had a bad
1: launch. Nope. Oh, their are server teams. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Ooh. The launch on Warlords of Draenor was unbelievable. The launch on Legion was better than that. And Battle for Azeroth had a smooth as butter launch. Like This yeah. is a team that has learned how to put these games out. And not, not only
1: that, but a smooth as butter launch Despite being DDoSed.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, and that's actually happened the last couple of times. Um, this is not a team that is like they're not messing around. They know how to put these games out. I think there will be a delay, partially because of COVID nineteen. Like straight up, I think oh, COVID yeah. nineteen is to be a delay. I think there's going to be a delay because there's gonna it's this is a ripple effect. It's gonna it's gonna affect everything. It's gonna affect everything. Things that are completely not related to the game will affect the game. Like just if the amount of time it's going to take them to spin back up to to office operations when they go back to doing that, that's going to be a delay. There will be a delay. there's just no way around it. You should not expect anything else. You should not be like upset if you're in battle for Azeroth like for months longer than you intended. That's just gonna be the case. If they get it out this year, you
1: are incredibly fortunate. yeah and you should and- look upon that as a gift. And we just talked about it earlier in this podcast. There's a ton of stuff still to do, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and plus, I mean, you can't expect anything else. It is not a situation where you can go, well, "What were they doing with all their time? They were working on the worldwide launch of one of the biggest MMOs of the in the entire world from home." That's yeah. what they were doing, you know. It's, and they still got the alpha out this month. Yeah, and you know, I'm a solid pretty, alpha. It's pretty polished. Granted, it's a very small amount. It's level 53. Uh, it's it's only testing certain things, but Torghast is being tested right now in certain classes. The incomplete story of Bastion is available to be played through. I'm sorry. C- can you imagine they've managed to put out a level squished game? Think about how much work that is. To give you to to squish the levels down and have it be cohesive and have it feel good to play. And it does feel good to play. I'm sorry. I, I've done The only problem I've had with this entire expansion in terms of field play is the fact that my Death Knight had 10k more health as a tank than either my Paladin or my Warrior. That's my only real problem. And that's not a bug. That's game design balance. And game design balance is not going to be done at this stage of the alpha. That's not what it's for. It's does this dungeon work? Can you go into it and do it? Yeah. And we did. You know, was it easier on my Death Knight? Hell yeah. It was a lot easier. I had 10K more health. <laughs> it's always easier to heal a tank with, like, that much more health than the other two. And keep in mind, too, that, that they have to balance taking our health down that low and having that be the new standard. Think about 26K health on a tank right now. You would, like, you would not even talk to that person.
1: 20, 26K on a tank is, like, if my tank's at 26K, I'm worried they're going to die.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, so there's just a lot to it there's a lot of work going into this and they're doing that work and you know this is one of those points where i'm okay with being called a shill or a blizzard fanboy or you know whatever because in this case it is not reasonable to expect more in terms of development time than they are giving us they are doing a remarkable job all things considered yeah uh if this game going to be late yes They haven't said it yet. Then again, they haven't said no BlizzCon yet either. And I'm positive that BlizzCon's not
1: happening. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree.
0: If it does, you know, great. If they can manage to figure out a way to make that work. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to fly. So that's my take. That's what I'm going to tell you. Are they going to delay this game? Yes, it is going to happen. You should be prepared
1: for it now. And it's going to be better for it. You don't absolutely. You don't absolutely. want them to rush. You want them to take their time, and like, and again, like I'm I'm in the same camp as as Matt. I I'm fine with being called a fanboy or a shill here. I don't care because I know how much work they're doing remotely, how much work they're putting into this, how much they're doing to make this stable and make the best experience for the players that they can, because those people care. You know, the, those people working on the servers care about how smooth it is. The people that are working on those character models care how much you love them or how pretty they are, or how if they don't clip and do weird things. They want to make sure that they're putting out the the best that they can. And I'm not talking about the corporate side, I'm talking about the individuals that are working on this.
0: Yeah, they I care. mean, the corporate side, you know, corporates, are, corporations are corporations. You're never going to hear from me, ooh, and of course, the C, the, the chief financial officer cares. No. We we know what the corporation is all about. But the people making the game are still working as hard as they possibly can to make that game as good as possible. Do they succeed always? No. There's stuff I don't like about every WoW expansion that ever happened. I can give you a laundry list of problems with Wrath of the Lich King if you want to hear them. You know, and you, you can go on and tell me how it's the best one ever. I can sit here and list dozens of flaws. Mm-hmm. Dozens of them. And, and part of that's just to be perverse because that's me. I am that guy. If you tell me you love something, I'm almost immediately, I'm like, well, yeah, it's crap. I I, I can't help it. I try to restrain that urge because it's a jerk move on my part. But everything has flaws. Things I love have flaws. I love the warrior class with all my heart and twisted up little soul. And yet it is not perfect. I don't recommend it to everybody. I don't say, oh, yeah, you should totally play a warrior. A lot of times I tell people not to play them because it does take a certain mindset. If you if you can find the joy in shooting yourself at your enemies like a bullet from a gun and then just going nuts and hitting them with everything you can while yelling at them constantly, then it is for you. But not everybody is that. Some people want to stay in the back and throw lightning at people from distance and I totally understand that. That's a smart way to go. That that yeah, be over there and freeze people to death. That's a you know, that's a you know, it, or be a lumbering thing of death that, you know, turns yourself into an undead occasionally just so you don't feel pain anymore. All these things are valid playstyles. The game has a ton of that kind of stuff. There's a ton of complexity. There's a ton of depth. There's a ton of so much to work on. Keeping all of these plates spinning is a lot of work. Doing it in these conditions is even more work. Herculean. I, yeah. I will, so I will the,
1: honestly say it.
0: Yeah, there's a ton going on here. So, yes, it's going to be delayed get comfortable with that idea now there's really nothing if they get it out this year they have done practically the impossible
1: so i mean we're right out of time do you want to do more or we got a couple questions I mean, how many left? more have
0: we got let's Two. try to get through them let's try to get through them
1: for you for you guys extra long episode today how about that hi guys long time listener and power, proud patron here i'm wondering what your favorite transmog pieces are I can certainly guess a few of Rossi's, but would be interested in hearing both of your thoughts. I adore the show and enjoy tuning in each week. Keep up the amazing work. Thanks, Kale Brook, uh, Night Elf Warrior on Amonthul. I'm going to let you go first because I'm actually going to do a little show and tell with this. <laughs> yeah, you get to do that. Uh, my, my favorite transmog pieces uh, as far as all time go, Harad's Shoulders. That has worked its way into so many, so many of my transmogs over the years. And in fact, my longest unchanged transmog was my Dwarf Shaman one where where I built an entire transmog through Cataclysm all the way up through, I want to say the end of Mists. That entire time I did not change my transmog. It was based entirely around Harad's shoulders. Um, And then other than that, and it's just for the sheer purpose of how long it took me to get it, I actually have a video out there of me almost collapsing at my computer when I finally got it, the Dark Shaman transmog set. I think it is one of the coolest specific transmog things they have ever put in the game. The helm alone is just phenomenal to me. Those are my picks. Go for it, Rossi. I know you're, you're you, got, you got your you got your panel open. Go for it.
0: What I'm showing right now uh, is a sword model that comes from vanilla. Uh, the model in question is called the uh, oh the Black Blade of Sharam, and it's one of my favorite sword models ever. It is not a super huge model. It's not a very big two hander. If you look at it, it's a two hander. It's the size of like a large rogue one hander. It's not an enormous sword. Uh, it's got these really cool runes etched into the blade that you can see right there. It's got an interesting shape to it. The handle is different than you, you see in many models. And the thing about it is it's also got, there's a green version. And by green, I mean green quality. It's There's a non-epic, this is like literally a quest in green that I used at the time. Trying to find it is always a bit of a trick though. Here it is call the masker swords. You can, I'm going to have them side by side now. You can see there's the masker sword. It's got the rusty red with kind of like blood stain look on it. And then there's the masker sword next to the, the masker sword next to the black blade. And you can see that they've got similar patterning and the similar handle and so forth, but they look pretty different at the same time even though it's just a color swap. And that the two of them are some of my favorite this is one of my favorite transmog options in world of warcraft and it has been since transmog came to the game uh i absolutely love it um there are other models i love uh i've gone on and on and on and on and on and on about Condi. so i'm not gonna <laughs> belabor that you all know i love Ashkondi. like
1: yeah. i told Joe, i told Chad, i told Chad i was gonna put money on it that it was
0: gonna come up at least at some yeah. point <laughs> Of course it's <laughs> going to come off. I mean practically this is not this is not very a very hard guess.
1: No, not even close. But
0: that's why I'm not bothering to point it out because it is, you know, this one right here. This is Warmonger.
1: Oh, Warmonger is a good another,
0: one. Another another classic Wow model. It is the reason Warmonger is one of my favorites however is not the model itself, which is a good model and I like the model quite a bit. When I first started playing World of Warcraft, I started on a paladin first, but really, at least like within like ten levels, realized this wasn't for me. But I went to a, I think it was uh yeah it was Dead Mines. Did Dead Mines run? And back then you you didn't there was no LFD or anything like that. You just put groups together, like people would be like you know in trade or whatever looking for someone for Dead Mines. Someone said they were looking for paladin for Dead Mines, so I went to Dead Mines. And they were like, okay, you know, let's go. And halfway through, like, oh, heals, what's going on? And I didn't respond because I had no idea what they were talking about. And they were like, hey, why aren't you healing us? And I'm like, um, when was that made clear? (laughs) And they were like, well, Paladins are healers. I'm like, oh, then I'm not playing this class. And, uh, yeah, switched, switched. Plus they had nerfed Paladin's seals right around that time. So my damage output went from sky high to nothing. So, yeah, I switched to Warriors, and that's been me ever since. Because i discovered charge right around level 10 when i was getting a little tired of the class i discovered charge and i was like oh! never playing anything else i have played else otherwise since but but you know w- warriors won my heart with that but because of that i i was playing a catch-up my wife was like several like i think she was like t- t- like at the time that i made the switch she was level 40 and i was level now one so i was playing catch-up it's the, the first 20 levels go pretty quickly. Even back then they went fairly quickly compared to say, once you're level 40, something levels take a very long time. So she was like about level 50 right around the time I hit level 40. And I was like, I was working very hard to try to catch up, but it, it was getting harder and harder to do so as the levels increased. And she got me this sword and I have never forgotten it. It was the first thing she ever like just gave me. As i was leveling up not because she was like you know adverse to it i'd never asked i'd never said anything i never really needed it but i was really struggling and she could see it in the level in the 40s because the thing about leveling back then was it was kind of sparse once you hit around level 40. there's a lot of expenses came up like your mount cost a lot of money and you switched armor types if you were like a warrior you went from mail to, to plate or and that uh was went
1: from leather to mail.
0: Yeah, there were classes that switched armor types. Not everybody did, but for no. classes that did, there were a lot of expenses. It was getting kind of tricky. Uh, the leveling guides all suggested going to Tanaris and just fighting Scorpions for like five levels, so it wasn't it wasn't tremendously exciting either. So this sword has always been to me a, me- a memorial of that time when I was thinking, you know, maybe this game isn't for me. Maybe I'm not going to make it. And then this came in the mail, and I was like, kill all the things to get to level 47 so I can wear it. use this sword. So yeah, th- that's one that I've, I love. Um, as for armor models, there's a ton. There's an absolute ton. Uh, yes. The, the shoulders you're all thinking of. Yes. I love those shoulders. I can't show them to <laughs> you on this character. This character is not high enough level to use them. Um, but yeah, there's the shoulders with my name on them. Obviously i have recently got those huge deal, but I think honestly, one of the things I want to look at here, it, it's not a very, it's not like a very highly placed item. So I'm going to go back and show it to you. Uh, it's the fire mail hauberk. Let's see if I can find it. I think it turned into I think it got turned into plate at some point. Let's see if I can find it. Da, 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 da. Looking, looking, looking. I should probably look for it. Directly search for it. Yeah, fire hardened harberg. Um I remember seeing this, this transmog. I'm actually using it on this character, so you can look at it right I'm now. I'm
1: still real mad that that's plate.
0: The thing was, it was always a warrior piece. This was from a warrior quest. I know. Um, But I remember doing it back in the day on my tour and my first tour. And so this would have been like in 2006 when I was leveling my horde character for the first time. And the quest was so cool. And he did the horde quest where you start off and you go into the barrens and there's all these weird little moments where you go up to a mountain and this old, crazy old guys like kill a bunch of demons for me. And you're like, okay, I don't get why, but sure. And you finally get through all of it. And this, this armor piece is the result and it it just looked it looked interesting and distinct at the time and there was a lot of stuff like it, this was when you really this was a blue armor piece when blue armor pieces were extremely rare cuz you're like yeah. level 14 or so when you get this. Yeah. You were not wearing a ton of you were not especially back then you were not wearing a ton of blues at level 14.
1: No, and I think the horde had more access to that than uh, to blues at that level than alliance did.
0: There were a couple of really cool swords the horde had access to. Yep. Um I don't think I can actually look at any. Well, let me see if I can look at one-handed. If I can look at one-handed swords, uh, I think I can't because I can't. Well, we'll find out. I don't. Yeah, I can't look at one-handed swords while I'm in this character because the character isn't using one. But there were like a lot of cool one-handed swords. Like there was the uh, the sword you got for doing um, quests around Wailing Caverns. Uh, there was like a, the the thing was called like the Wing Blade or something. It was really yeah, cool. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Actually, I think I can look at stuff if I go to collections down here. Yeah. Um, I can look at one-handed swords. So, do-do-do-do-do-do. I have a reasonably good collection of old one-handed swords. So not all of them are usable because most of my collection is actually newer stuff. But, like, yeah, there's the old Phyto Blade. But, yeah, you look at a lot of this stuff. This, is, it's all, this isn't by level. This is just collected pieces and pieces I don't actually have and so forth but there's a lot of really cool models from that pack back in the day that just the horde had a really good collection this blood razor blood razor is one of my absolute favorite one-handed swords it's oh yeah no it's gorgeous
1: absolutely gorgeous, absolutely
0: gorgeous. Uh, it's distinctive looking has this really cool pattern that's the one thing i will say um when you get nostalgic in world of warcraft one of the things i absolutely will admit to I am nostalgic for a lot of the weapon models
1: because they couldn't do a lot of 3d stuff back then. So they did a lot of patterns.
0: They did a lot of patterns and they, the blades were smaller and when they got big, they still didn't have the chunkiness. Yeah. Uh, there is one thing I remember having a discussion with Alex Ebert like years ago now. And one of the discussions we had was the models for, for stuff. And he had said that he liked models that were thinner. And I've, I don't entirely agree with him. Like I think I'm, i am the guy that loves ashkandi that's me i am that guy i will always think i like this sword that is the size of a cadillac that i'm going to hit you with now um the the sword that makes the buster sword look reasonable because you know at least the buster sword is just a giant chunk of metal it doesn't have that hilt like that hilt literally the blade does not attach to it the blade floats in the hilt guys there's no connective tissue (laughs) you know so I, I do, I do love me a big, ridiculous sword, but at the same time, like there's the model called Demon Shear.
1: Yeah, Absolutely a good
0: one. one of my favorites. I, I, the problem with doing this bit is we could literally talk about it forever. We could
1: have I, an entire, an entire podcast session of nothing but talking about transmog and, and playing dress up. I, I f- firmly believe this. Yeah, how, how much time do we have before we get into Ted's thing? I don't want to take up. I think we're at our absolute upper
0: limit. Yeah, we should. Uh, unfortunately, that means there's one we didn't get to, but we, we, do, we
1: did try. We got through as many as we could. I think we're going to have to call it here, guys. Sorry. Uh, well, I think everybody is going to like the fact that they got a little bit extra today, but we're going to save that last one because that last one is a good one. We can save it for next week. All right. So... Thanks everyone. Blizzard watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreoncom slash blizzard watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcasts, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience.
0: Thank you guys. Thanks Joe, by the way, for that. And thanks to everybody for being here, both like uh, actually live on the stream and for listening everywhere that you do. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email or question for the podcast, you can email it to us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for the show. Or you can hit us up on Patreon. We've got a patron uh, Q and podcast questions channel. You can throw questions in for either the queue or the podcast right there, and we'll be happy to listen. And, you know, we, we just did a whole bunch right here. And that's great. We love that. So please absolutely do do that uh again you know this has been the show thank you so much for being here and we'll be here next week